This is Crush on Radio, Episode 2. I'm your host, Rich Anderson, and I'm joined this week by who is quite possibly the nicest person on the internet. (laughs) Cheapers. I can't live down that reputation, can I? I need to start being meaner. Well, uh, maybe now's a good time to start. Um, This is Patrick Roan of... Hey! Where where do you want to... uh, Where where are you of? I'm, I'm of... PatrickRone.com, of Minimal Mac, of TheCramped.com. Uh, I, I guess those three will suffice for now. Yep. And uh, um, you're Patrick Roan on the various uh, internet services. Yeah. yeah I'm Patrick Roan everywhere. R H O N E, like the river in France. So you asked me a near impossible task a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, I didn't realize when I was coming up with this new format that it was going to be this hard for people. Is, is it hard for everybody? Well, um, so far, um, some of, some have, uh, been a little, have found a little harder than others so far of the people I've asked. So, yeah, well, I, I, I guess I'm the idiot cause it was really hard for me. No, 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 no. It, it, it's early days yet. There's, there's bound to be someone who's going to be uh, struggling more than you. I, I think if, or <laughs> if the tables were turned, I'd be going, Oh no. Oh, what do I want to pick? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's well. For me, it's is that so. So the premise is, you know, I just needed to choose one one album, you know, that you know had meaning to me, or you know, was important, or you know, that I liked a lot, or something like that, right? And I mean, I could have gone. I mean, I had twenty albums basically straight off the top of my head. I mean, seriously, um, you know, I, I mean, and that's even setting our, our mutual passion for Devo aside. You know, I, 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 I remember right off the bat, I took Devo off the table because I knew if I chose, you know, if I would have chosen, uh, you know, I don't know, um, uh, Hardcore Volume 1, you, you and I <laughs> would, have, would have talked for hours. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we'd be here until the song came up. <laughs> right. Exactly. So yeah, we had. Um, I mean, I'll just give you a sample of some of the ones that came up in my deliberation. Um, OK, computer, Radiohead, music for the masses, Devo, um, fear of music, Talking Heads, um, Lightspeed Record, Who's Could Do, um, uh, Zen Arcade, Who's Could Do, uh, Tim, The Replacements. Uh, Suzanne Vega, first album. Seal, first album. Seal, Human Beings. I mean, I, I could go on and on and on and on. Instead, you pick something that, compared to all those, seems to come completely <laughs> out of left field. Not that I'm complaining. Well, okay, so... Set this up for everyone, please. I, I'll set this up. My mom is a, is in theater. She's She was an actress and director. She, um, growing up, She got her undergrad in theater at the University of Minnesota, 
um, and was very, very active in the, in the Minneapolis uh, theater scene. And just to give people an idea, um, uh, Minneapolis is actually number two for theater behind New York City. A lot of people don't realize that uh, with Chicago coming in a close third. Um, and, and so, I mean, theater is huge here. This is the home of the Guthrie. Uh, this is the home of, of um, you know, landmark theater companies like Mixed Blood and Penumbra um, and Theater in the Round and the Southern. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on, right? Theater de la Jeune Lune, which, um, you know, uh, won a Tony um, for, uh, for regional theater. So... Um, I mean, uh, and my mom was heavily, heavily involved in, in uh, all of those and, and involved in the founding, really, of both Penumbra and Mixed Blood. And so I basically, I grew up backstage. I'm not joking about this. My mom was a, was a single mom and, you know, didn't have a lot of money. She was a student. She was an actress. So, of course, she was broke. And so... She, you know, I mean, she didn't have like childcare for me. I would, I would go and go with her to classes, go hang out backstage, you know, and all the other actors would just kind of keep an eye on me. And all of her, you know, theater friends and college friends would just kind of keep an eye on me. <laughs> and, and so I grew up in this kind of weird situation uh, with this love of theater um, and uh, an especial affinity for musical theater, you know, because as a kid, I mean, that's, you know, you, you may not understand what's necessarily going on on stage and some of the adult themes and things like that, but you definitely get the music, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, musical theater is huge, huge, huge for me. Uh, and even to this day, I love it. And I'm, I'm actually married to somebody who um, my wife's uh, background is actually in theater. Um, she was director of operations for June Loon for 12 years. And uh, in her, uh, her nonprofit consultancy that she runs, she consults with a number of the theaters in town. Uh, she's very well known in the theater community here from a, from a theater business standpoint. Um, and so I'm still very exposed to a lot of theater. And so, uh, but the first, the first, the first musical, um, and I, I kind of bristle at calling it that because technically it's not. Technically, it's a rock opera um, that um, I really just grooved on. The earliest I can remember was Jesus Christ Superstar, and so that's why I chose it. <laughs> and that—that's—that's that's a good reason to choose it too. That's uh, that's yeah. that's a heck of a connection right there. I bet. How old were you when you when you first saw it? Oh, so my mom took me to the theater when it came, when the movie came out. That would have been, what, 70, 73 is when I, when we went to the theater and saw it. But before that, um, she had the original, the cast recording. Um, I think it was the Broadway cast recording, which is, 
actually not that great <laughs> because it's got Ben Vereen for the part of Judas. No kidding. Um, but <laughs> um, but um, I, I, that, I listened to it. I listened to that album so much. I actually listened to that album so much that eventually I wore it out. I literally wore it out, and she had to buy another one. For the uh, kids today, uh, this was back in the days when music was pressed onto large uh, plastic discs that you had to play yes, with a needle. Yes, vinyl discs. Yeah, yeah, that you had to stick a needle on, and and if you put that needle on long enough, eventually those grooves begin to wear thin, and you know the sound quality degrades, and and you have to replace the album. Um, but uh, then, you know, so when she took me to see the the movie, I was already well versed in the in the music. And the the movie in itself is a is a masterpiece. It really is. Uh, directed by Norman Jewison, starring Ted Neely uh, as Jesus, uh, Carl Anderson uh, as uh, as as Judas, sorry. I'm, I'm not, I can tell you, I'm not reading this. I'm, this is off the top of my head. Um, and uh, Yvonne Elman as uh, Mary Magdalene. And it's just, um, just fantastic um, because the film set up this premise. And so I never saw the original Broadway production. So and I still to this day don't know if, this was the whole premise of like the production and all the film did was kind of translate it to film. But the premise of the production is actually these hippies driving out through the desert in this bus, you know, the school bus that they've, you know, painted up and whatnot and putting on a passion play. You know, it's you know, like, and so the movie opens with like you know this bus kind of coming across the, coming across the the desert as the overture is playing, and you know the the, the sand being kicked up in the air. And, uh, you know, these hippies kind of stumbling off the bus when it comes to the stop, you know, obviously, you know, having just smoked several bowls and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sun hitting their eyes and, you know, kind of stretching from the ride, you know, from the long drive. And, uh, you know, they start unpacking the the luggage just strapped onto the top of the bus. And, of course, you know, one of the first things they pull off is this giant cross, you know. <laughs> It, yeah. it, it it sounds like the setup to to I've never seen Jesus Christ Superstar either the film or the or the play, um, but I have seen Godspell and it reminds me of the setup to that only much cooler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Godspell and, did nothing for me. <laughs> really? Oh, Godspell's enough. See, I, I could have chosen Godspell and gone on and on forever. Um, especially the movie. I actually like the movie far better than I like the the. the any production of it I've seen. Oh, I've never seen the movie of Godspell, but I have seen, I've seen, I saw a theatrical production. I worked for the Walnut Street Theater in Philadelphia for seven years. Yeah, Philadelphia's got a big theater scene too. It does, it does. 
And one year we did a production of Godspell, which, again, it may have been the production. It just kind of didn't work for me. I've seen maybe a half dozen productions of Godspell. That should tell you how much theater I've seen. Um, if I've seen just just Godspell alone, a half dozen productions. Um, and uh, I can tell you that maybe one of them, maybe one of them was great. Um, and, but the movie... Um, the movie, I believe, is directed by Milos Forman. Um, let me d- double check that. Uh, no, directed by David David Green. Um, yeah, and it's really good. Um, I really, I really dig the movie. Uh, so back to Jesus Christ Superstar. Sorry, we segued there. Um, I just uh, talked to Merlin Mann for about the Wrens last uh, this past Sunday. You, we can't digress any more than we did in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. When it comes to digression, I can never beat Merlin Mann. Um, so, Jesus Christ Superstar. All right. For those who haven't seen it, have never not familiar with the movie, have not seen the you know the any productions of it, are not familiar with the with the soundtrack with the album. Basically, it is a. 1970s free love hippie take on the um, Jesus narrative. It picks up um, kind of just before, uh, you know, maybe a couple weeks before the uh, before the crucifixion. Uh, you know, kind of begins in that uh, place. In other words, we're not. You know, we're not talking about Jesus as a kid. We're not talking about, you know, any of the, you know, any of the stuff that went down at the, you know, as a kid arguing with the rabbis at the temple or anything like that. You know, we're, we're picking up with, uh, you know, at the beginning. And, and it starts off with, with, with Judas, right? And uh, with Judas basically, you know, saying, you know, hey, you know, you're my best friend. I'm really worried that this is kind of getting a little bit out of hand because, you know, we were supposed to have this big revolution and, you know, we're going to be like, you know, fighting the Romans and battling the Jews, but, you know, or, you know, fighting for the Jews, I should say. But, you know, I'm this is kind of going off the rails and you're talking about this God stuff and it's starting to freak people out, right? <laughs> Which, I mean, in and of itself is kind of, a, you know, it's an interesting take um on the narrative you know and he starts off with uh my mind is clearer now at last all too well i can see where we all soon will be and if you strip away the myth from the man you will see where we all soon will be and lays out the case for you know jesus you started to believe the things they said of you and now you really believe this talk of God is true, and all the good you've done will soon get swept away. You've begun to matter more than the things you say, right? My mind is clearer now. At last, all too well, I can see where we all soon will be. If you strip away the myth from the man, you will see 
It actually makes the Jesus narrative a lot uh, make a lot more sense. You can see why Judas would have become disillusioned, right? If Judas kind of thought, you know, hey, I was in this for the revolution. I was down for like, you know, getting some freedom for our people. And now you're saying that our freedom's not going to come unless we all die? No, 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 that's not what I signed up for. And I, I love you, brother, but you know, someone needs to put a stop to this mess. <laughs> and that someone's got to be me, and I'm kind of conflicted about it. But this is a lot of money they're offering for me to give you up. Right? <laughs> and a brother's got to buy some bread, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's an album by The Residents. I don't know if you're familiar with oh, that. Oh, The Residents. Oh, okay. Jesus. Another rat hole. Well, uh, uh, back in the late 90s, they put out a record called Wormwood, which is all mm-hmm. based on Bible stories. And mm-hmm. they, the penultimate track is a track called Judas Saves. Yes. And it works on the same sort of premise, the sort of understanding the motivations of why Judas betrayed Jesus in a music. And it, it's, I don't know if they were using Jesus Christ Superstar as a, as a, as a premise uh, backing, but, or, or something like that. And, uh, yeah, the idea is that Jesus is that Judas had to sacrifice Jesus in order to basically it, he was doing Jesus's work in giving him up. Well, yeah, I mean, and you know that is kind of part of the narrative, right? That you know Judas has this very strange position, right? Because he pretty much does exactly what he does exactly what Jesus needs him to do, but at the same time he's vilified for it. You know what I mean? Uh huh. It's this really weird position. I mean, even in, you know, even for true believers, even in the Bible, you know, when you really kind of look at this, you think to yourself, wow, that's kind of, that's kind of effed up. (laughs) You know? Yeah. On one hand, Jesus is saying, yeah, go ahead, go do it. Because you're going to do it anyway, but go ahead and do it. And I know you're going to do it because I'm Jesus and I know what's going to happen because I'm the son of God. But on the other hand, in order for this to happen, you need to do this. And yet, you yet, you know, see, it just doesn't work. There, right? are, time, there are time travel films with uh, that are easier to sort out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, we set up with that premise, and it kind of goes from there, right? Uh-huh. With... Um, Everyone has their, you know, has their stake in Jesus, right? The, the, you know, everyone thinks that they, you know, know the way that things are going to go. Um, they they know that there's going to be some big event that's coming, but they don't really know what. And and so it segues into, you know, what's the buzz? You know, what's the buzz? Tell me what's to happen. Why do you want to know? Why are you concerned about the future, right? Jesus tells them. And that really resonates with me, um, especially now that I uh, am, consider myself a Buddhist, right? You know, one of the things that kind of a lot of people don't see within the, you know, within the Jesus uh, narrative, within the New Testament narrative is the parallels with some of with many many of the uh traditional tenets of of mindfulness 
um, and and uh, being present um, and uh, and and not not worrying about either the future or the past, right? And so, you know, while that kind of is underneath the surface of a lot of what Jesus says in the Bible, here in the musical, it's brought very much to the fore. It's given an entire song, basically, where he's basically telling, you know, the disciples are like, you know, you know, hey, if you're the son of God, you know the future. You got to tell us what the future is coming. You've you've displayed all these miracles and signs and things like that. So we know that you know what's going to happen. You got to let us in on it. And and she's saying, you don't need to worry about that. You know, right now we're here. We're happy. We're together. We're brothers. And, you know, and while you guys are off worrying about what's going to happen and the future and everything else, you know, here's this young lady over here named Mary who's giving me what I need right here and now. And she's here with me and she's present with me. And all she's worried about is, taking care of what needs to be taken care of right now. And you should, you should take that as an example, right? And then it segues into, you know, strange thing mystifying where, you know, Judas is saying, you know, uh, okay, I think this is, you know, completely. On one hand, you're the son of God, yet you're hanging around with this kind of loose chick who, you know, may or may not be a prostitute, adulteress, you know, certainly someone that a rabbi, you know, would should not be hanging out around. You know, yet here she is. You're letting her, you know, brush your hair and wash your feet and perfume you and everything else like some king. Uh, you know, and so what's the deal? On one hand, you're saying you're saying that you know you're holy and son of God. On the other hand, you're, you're <laughs> probably banging this chick on the side, right? Right. And then <laughs> then you've got the uh, companion. Then you've got you. Know, I don't know how to love him later on, mm-hmm. which only complicates things further. I think, and it, you know, that's right. I th- it's one of the most famous songs from the from the. From the from the show too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and and a beautiful. I mean, song. I I didn't even really know. I have. I I knew the song, maybe not completely, but I knew the song before I heard the the, the soundtrack. Like, oh yes, this one. I don't know how to love him. What to do? How to move him I've been changed Yes, really changed In these past few days When I've seen myself I seem like someone else mm-hmm. I, yep. I don't know how to love him Yeah um, if you're ever in New York, I got to get song. you to karaoke. <laughs> oh, but see, I do Bon Jovi for karaoke. You oh. think I'm joking? I'm not. No, no. <laughs> you musically, I don't think you can say anything that'll surprise me at this point. Though. Okay, all right, that's good. Um, I could go on and on and on. I mean, this the 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 music is perfect. This is probably Andrew Lloyd Webber's. Greatest achievement. It really is one of his greatest achievements, if not the greatest achievement in my book, um, because he manages to capture a time, a feeling, 
um, uh, and and really capture. I should say, marry that feeling, marry that that feeling of lost revolutions, failed revolutions, as it were, or seemingly failed resolu- revolutions. I mean, keep in mind when this was written, right? This is seventy three. We're coming out of the you know the the social revolution that occurred in the in the late sixties and morphed into an increasingly more militant revolution in the early seventies with the Black Panthers and the Weather Underground and you know the list goes on and on the Kent State you know killings and you know things like that right yeah um, and and basically by seventy three. You have a lot of hippies that are disillusioned, that have realized that they've lost the fight, that they've lost the struggle, and that all of their idealism and all of their hope and all of their dreams for this, you know, kind of socialist utopia that was supposed to rise up and and crush the man had be had been crushed, but not by the man but just by the fact that they were no longer in college anymore and had bills to pay. And there was no Vietnam war to, to, you know, you know, and, and to rally against. And, you know, there was no unifying mission and there was, you know, a fair amount of violence that had tainted their, uh, their previously peaceful mission. Right. And look at what's going on with the Jesus narrative. Right. Jesus came along at a time when, you know, I mean, the state of Israel was oppressed by the Romans is is an understatement, right? I mean, uh, the Jews were considered, um, you know, lower than dirt, um, one step above a slave. And here's this guy, this guy from Nazareth. Let me give you an idea of... of, of uh, of Nazareth, okay? Nazareth was a town that basically was, I mean, unbelievably poor. Um, Mostly, you know, dirt huts, maybe, you know, a few hundred people. This is a really, really, really small town. Um, and, um, And a really poor town, okay? And... The other thing about Jesus is that we call him a carpenter today. Carpenter is not what he was. Um, uh, Or I should say it wasn't necessarily all of what he was. We think, you know, carpenter, we think, you know, well, they they even say it in, in the musical tables, chairs, and oaken chests, right? No. He was a day laborer. He was, you know, part of some construction crew um and in fact the the hebrew word um for day labor you know for the job that jesus performed was actually used as a put down almost a curse word it was the same thing as calling you know a black person the n-word or a gay person the f-word you know what i mean it was it was that level of of put down and this is what he was like this was his job and he comes along with this message, this message of hope, this message that 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 uh, basically 
you know, is saying, you know, hey, anyone, anyone who, who, who is of any means is going to find themselves at the bottom. And those, those who have nothing, those like me, those like my, my brothers and neighbors in, 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 in Gallery, uh, Galilee and in Nazareth and in Bethlehem and all these other small towns, they are going to be the ones that rise up and are in charge. That's an incredibly threatening message, uh, not only to the Romans, but to the, the, the various people who were in league with the Romans, not the least of which was the, you know, Pharisees of the temple and the rabbis. And it's a message that you still hear every time uh, there's a populist revolution today. It's still powerful. It, it, exactly. Even if right? you divorce, you know, even if you just divorce this from the uh, from the uh, theosophical comps. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's the same message that the hippies had, right? And so, you know, what's interesting about this is that the way that this musical is set up is that it's it speaks to the time that it was produced in, in a language that ties it directly to a time 2,000 years prior. And still manages to work today as well. It doesn't date itself. That's one of yes. the things that I, I... I wasn't sure what to expect listening to the soundtrack album, but uh, there's there's some stuff happening. I mean, as soon as the overture hit, uh, there was like, okay, never mind, I'm sold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and and, you know, it's... Uh, it is one of the few things that's equally fresh um, today as it was when it was written, you know, what now? 30 years ago, is it? 40 years? 40 years. Thank 40, you. I think, yeah, the, the, the original concept album came out set in 1970, so 44. 44 years ago. Wow. Um, and so, um, yeah, there, cur- there currently is a... Broadway production. It's been revived, and it's a huge hit, um, starring um, oh god, the guy from uh, from Incubus, uh, the lead singer from the band Incubus. I can't remember his name uh, as Judas, and uh, uh, Michelle what's her face from Destiny's Child as Mary uh, Magdalene. A really interesting casting, um, but yeah, uh, and I, I'm hearing rave reviews about this production. I'd love to see it. Um, Ted Neely, who played Jesus and the, um, uh, I can't remember if he played Jesus in the second Broadway production, the touring production, or um, in the London production. I forget. But Ted Neely played Jesus in the film, and. He and Carl Anderson, who played Judas, actually were best friends and remained best friends throughout their life. Um, uh, Carl Anderson recently passed away, um, and uh, um, but up until he did several years back, the two of them would tour Jesus Christ Superstar regularly. And I actually, uh, about 10 years ago now, saw Jesus Christ Superstar with Ted Neely as Jesus and Carl Anderson as Judas and in a touring production that came here to the Twin Cities. Wow. And it was just, it was fantastic. It was just magical. 
Um, they, you know, they sounded as fresh as, yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt that this kind of became their career. I mean, Ted Neely really kind of just became Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I, I, I've seen pictures of him both from then and contemporary. I just figured Google a Google image search then, you know, he definitely looks the part. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, 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 he is Jesus, uh, uh, for, all intents and purposes, as far as his look and as far as even his demeanor, like if you ever meet the guy, uh, I haven't, but I've, I've read stories that, you know, that his demeanor is naturally kind of peaceful and gentle and Christ-like that he has this aura about him, you know, <laughs> which just doesn't surprise me in the least. Um Speaking of casting, by the way, I did a little uh, Google search, and uh, yeah, it's Brandon Boyd from Incubus, and apparently Johnny Rotten is tour is going to be joining the Arena Tour as. Uh, oh wow! Yes, I believe as uh, Pontius Pilate, probably Pilot or um, or Herod or Herod. I think Herod. Oh, Johnny Rotten as Herod would be awesome! Oh my god, I, I if that comes here, I'm like. I'm buying front row seats. I don't care how much they cost. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm totally buying that. Uh, apparently, uh, and maybe I'll have to Google this. Uh, Ted Neely, one of the few non-Jesus roles, he had a cameo apparently uh, in like Batman Begins or something like that. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like one of the Christopher Nolan Batmans, <laughs> he's got like he's like five seconds on screen. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, just I I love it. I and I to this day I actually own on vinyl every single version. It, uh, there's a record store in town called Jaime's, and Jaime's has every summer a free record day where they put milk crates and milk crates and milk crates of, of records out on the curb. And you come and you dig through and you can just take anything you want, first come, first serve. And so it just so happened that I managed to get every single version of Jesus Christ Superstar on vinyl. Wow, that's that's incredible. And, <laughs> and yet all I can think of is if some record store tried that here, people would be murdered over it. <laughs> I, I I remember going out for a record store day this year, and it was uh, just, oh, my God, the, the lines, the lines. Well, I, 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 you know, in this particular case, it's not like these are, are records of, you know, of, of great merit, right? Um, they're not in the best, con- you know, so Jaime's takes, you know, used records, and, you know, oftentimes they'll, you know, some person will come in with an entire collection and they'll say, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll buy the whole thing for 500 bucks or whatever. And, you know, they'll cherry pick out the sweet stuff and the, you know, garbage, like, you know, uh, you know, chipmunks, extra special Christmas or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what ends up with bins, but you can, you, you can find some, you can sometimes get lucky and find some really Stuff that's important to you that they would have overlooked. Oh yeah, totally. You know, I I found a, um, a, quite a few things. Um, I I got Beach Boys' Pets sounds on vinyl. Um, yeah, oh, one was what a great band. record. 
what a fantastic record. Um, uh, Disraeli Gears, Cream, on album, on vinyl. Um, Chicago's um, first album on vinyl. I mean, just, you know, some really interesting, and, and modern, um, uh, uh, Blondie, um, Eat to the Beat. Another classic. Another classic on vinyl, right? <laughs> I didn't find it on vinyl, but I remember diving through a UCD bin outside of a bookstore, and I found came just bought it on site. This random album by a band I'd never heard of called The Fatima Mansions, and they became one of my absolute favorite bands for a, just a random five dollar investment based on the album cover alone. <laughs> don't you just love it when that happens? I know, I know, and you don't really get that uh, with with iTunes, do you? No, well, um, one of my favorite stories that's sort of like that is uh, a, a local band called Bomba de Luz, B O M B D E L U Z. We'll make sure to include that in the show notes. Yeah, please do. Um, link to them. Uh, I happened to be driving home one night, was bored with what I was listening to on the radio just kind of switched it around on the local college station, Radio K. Um, you know, band, you know, there was some music playing. I'm like, okay, this is, this is kind of interesting. All right, I'll stay here for a while. It turned out to be an in-studio, you know, performance and interview with these guys. And, you know, so I listened and, you know, it was a really interesting interview. I kind of caught it at the tail end and whatnot. And then they, you know, played some more. And I was just like, wow, this is really, really good. I was absolutely blown away. And so I, um, and it was, you know, one of those things where, you know, I kind of sat in the car waiting till the end of it just so I could hear them say, well, you know, I want to say thanks to Bamba Deleuze for, you know, so I could find out their name. And as soon as I did, I went inside and I, you know, Googled them and found their website and went to the website and they had, you know, more you know, stuff available via Bandcamp or SoundCloud or something to play on the side, on the site. And so I did. I'm just blown away. It was just fantastic. And so I'm like, okay, I, I must buy all of their stuff right now. Come to find out, these are high school students. Huh. They go to Central High, which is the, you know, the big St. Paul High School that's literally six blocks down the street. My sons went to Central for a while. High school students. But I kid you not, when you hear these guys, especially when you hear the lead singer and lead songwriter, whose name is Lydia Hoglan, Lydia has a voice that sounds 10 to 15 years older than she is. It's beautiful, haunting, rich voice. Is just gorgeous, an incredibly talented songwriter, and she's sixteen. At least she was when she recorded the. You know, when uh, she's probably seventeen now. But um, she didn't learn to even play guitar. Didn't write her first song till she was thirteen. You have to go listen to this. As, it will blow uh, you away. You as soon as be, I'm off the air, <laughs> you you will have no clue when you're listening to it you'll you you'll how are these high school kids and, and well and not the high school kids so their so their big problem is is that they're not sure what to do is the for the future of the band because two of the kids graduated last year and are now in college they're away at college so like you know they they play like maybe once or twice you know whenever like 
you know, it's like, oh, Christmas break's coming up. I guess Bomba Deleuze is going to have a show somewhere in town. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, it's spring break time. Must be Bomba Deleuze time. Because <laughs> it's the only time they can play, you know. Um, oh, that, that yeah, is a spook, that's a spooky mirror image of uh, of the converse, of the deal with the Wrens uh, that I talked about with Marilyn Mann. Who, you know, they're in their forties; they'll have families and kids, and they they can only play shows when they can make it work with the kid. Yeah, with their with their families. I mean, it's like you and I trying to schedule this podcast, right? Hello. Yeah, <laughs> my time my time with with Beatrix is sacrosanct, and you know, my wife's schedule is busier than. Than all of ours put together, but um, yeah. So trying to figure out a time we could do this is not necessarily easy. Um, yeah, I totally get it. But yeah, um, Jesus Christ Superstar. Back to that. It, it's it's really one of the finest um, musical endeavors, uh, rock operas uh, ever produced. Um, highly recommended if you've never heard it. Highly highly recommend the movie. It is. It's it's wonderful, and it's especially wonderful watching now because now it's like it is pure camp. It is just so unbelievably 70s and campy and wonderful and, you know, people with like, you know, glitter on their faces and Afro wigs. and. <laughs> In terms of camp, how would you say it compares to Tommy? Oh, man, it, it blows Tommy out of the water to camp wise. Are you kidding me? Tommy doesn't hold a candle to this camp-wise, especially, especially uh, uh, the uh, uh, Herod's uh, Herod's song in, in, in that palace. Of- you are the Christ. You're the great Jesus Christ. Prove to me that you're divine. Change my water into wine. That's all you need to. Then I'll know it's all true. King of the Jews Jesus, you just won't believe The hit you've made around here You are all we talk about You are the wonder of the year Oh, what a pity If it's all a lie Still I'm sure that you can rock The cynics if you try So if you want I I love the heck out of Herod's song Uh, who, who, Who was playing Herod in the movie? Oh man, hold on. Uh Josh Mostel as King Herod. Huh. Ah, so great. So great. Yeah, the the it just the the way his voice swings from ingratiating to over the top camp angry to and back, it it's it's something else. <laughs> it really is. Um I even like um uh, really like uh, Pilots. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Pilots Dream. Um, Pilots Dream is actually one of my favorite songs on the album. It's this delicate, acoustic, haunting song. Um, and for those not familiar with this portion of the Jesus narrative, uh, you know, Pilot actually has a dream about. Jesus and persecuting him and not wanting to, not wanting to send him to death has a, has a dream about the whole thing before he even meets Jesus, right? You know, and, and so yeah, it's 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 a really really interesting and well handled song and performance. Um, 
I, I mean, even the uh, you know the, the 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 Pharisees with uh, you know Caiaphas, the the council waits for you. <laughs> really low, low, deep bass voice. You know, so good, so so good. All I can I can picture a heavy metal band trying to do a cover of that. Oh, totally, totally. Who would do it though? I don't know. I'm not really a metal person, so I'm the wrong guy to ask. <laughs> Ramstein. Oh, oh, no. Oh, God. Ramstein. Do, yes. Do us. Do us, Mike. <laughs> okay. okay. I love Ramstein. Whatever happened to Ramstein? Oh, they're still around. They put out a new album, uh, at least fairly recently. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. That's got to be pure gold. I See, so you're going to get off this podcast. You're going to go find Bomba Deleuze. I'm gonna go find the new Romstein album. <laughs> yeah, because I know that they they did they a couple years ago they toured the U.S. Uh, uh, for the first time in forever and. Oh, that is awesome! That is awesome. So, I mean, you've got to get me back on here to talk about my love for uh, my love for uh, arena rock and and hair bands because that runs deep too. As a matter of fact, several, you know. As a matter of fact, my wife was like, what, you're not going to just pick Van Halen? (laughs) (laughs) No, I can't pick Van Halen because eventually he's going to have C.J. Chilvers on. You you know C.J., right? I know the the name. I don't think I've actually followed him online. Okay, C.J. does a site called A Lesser Photographer. He's a a good online and offline friend of mine. Um, He's been up to visit a few times. And uh, he actually wrote the Van Halen Encyclopedia. Huh. There is no one on the planet who knows more about Van Halen than C.J. Chilvers, or except for Van Halen themselves. Right? I don't know. Don't be surprised. Uh, I <laughs> uh, know more than them. <laughs> this happens a lot. I, I've I've know a few people who are, have like encycl- almost encyclopedic knowledge of bands. Um, I'm friends with. Uh, Try to wrap this around to Devo again, but I'm friends with Michael Pilmer, who's Devo's uh-huh. archivist. Yes, yes. And you know, between him, uh, myself, and my friend Alex, who hope we, my my friend Alex and I, we do a, a website that distributes Devo bootlegs. We know more about Devo than the members of Devo do. Wait, what website? Mutato? No, it's it's called Boogie Boys Basement. Boogie Boys Basement. Oh my God, I've known Boogie Boys. Really? That's you? Well, I'm part of it. <laughs> Really? I I had no idea. I mean, it's been years since I went there cuz, you know, quite frankly, I'm 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 happy with the Devo I have. I don't necessarily need to dive <laughs> you know, into bootlegs and stuff like that. But really, yeah, and it's officially band sanctioned. Um they came to uh to us for some stuff when they were doing their tour of the of Are Not Men and Freedom of Choice a couple years ago. Do you know what's going on with that damn movie? That I gave money for? Um, they are waiting to get approval on a final cut from the band, and they've been a little preoccupied lately, I think. So. Yeah, 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 with the touring and the deaths and the, yeah, no, I get yeah. that still. So it, it's, uh, I know the one of the executive producers of that, they're, they're going to have it eventually. Okay, all right. I'm patient, I can wait. It's just, you know, gosh, I would love to see that thing. Yeah. Ah, all right. 
So, have I talked enough about uh, Jesus Christ Superstar? No, we've uh, we're we're going way off the rails into into no, diva. No such thing as going too off the rails. Um, but uh, well, the only thing is, uh, what are since you're a musical person, what are some of your other musicals that you that you love? Because this is obviously something oh, that's close Jesus. to you. Yeah, okay. Uh, just, just like a, a a short list, if you can. <laughs> All right. Okay. So here's a here's a short list, and I'll I'll give you. Um, some uh, brief descriptions. Um, I really, really have come to love Spring Awakening. Uh, music by Duncan Sheik, uh, by the way. Um, uh, Spring Awakening is beautiful. Uh, Leah Michelle of Glee got that's that was her big role, and she's on the uh, on the original cast recording. Um, Jonathan Groff, uh, who also uh, is on Glee, but uh, the, he plays the male lead, and they remain best friends uh, to this day. They're very very close with each other. Uh, but if you are familiar with Leah Michelle's voice on Glee and you think it's beautiful because it is, it is nothing compared to how it sounds on Spring Awakening. She is unbelievable. That voice is just fantastic. Highly, highly, highly recommended. The music is gorgeous. Um, the orchestration is beautiful. Everything about it. Um, <clears throat> trying to go down. Ah, the last five years. I've never heard of that one. Mm-hmm. Last five years, uh, I believe, was off Broadway. Um, and uh, what's interesting about the last five years is it tells the story of this couple's relationship in song with the female lead. It's a two, it's a two-person play, um, well, musical, really. The female lead starts at the end of the relationship. The male lead starts at the beginning of the relationship. So they each sing their separate songs, except for this one song that they duet in the middle. Huh. Interesting premise. As, 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 their, as their paths cross in time, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's really interesting in the way that it's done. Um, really, really fascinating. Uh, highly recommend it. Uh, highly recommend, uh, you know, Hair uh, is fantastic. Um, big, big fan of Hair. You really, really, really need to see the film. You really do. <laughs> and I highly recommend the, the the film is trippy as heck, and I have watched this film under various versions of consciousness. <laughs> Let's just say, uh, in 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 my old days when I when I did such things, um, and uh, every time I watch it, I see something new that just blows me away. There's just so much going on in this film, so many little details that, and just so many just like weird, trippy, like, what the heck is that about sort of things? <laughs> <laughs> highly, highly, highly recommend it. Nice. Um, yeah. So, I mean, those are just three off the top of my head. I could probably, probably go on. I'm sure. Um, yeah. 
and it's inter- I've never seen any of those. The closest I ever came was Spring Awakening, which was the season at the Walnut Street Theater right after I left. I ended left at the end of the uh, 2012 season, so I think they did that 2013. Mm. Definitely, definitely listen to that cast recording. It will, it's, it's, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, blow you away. It's gorgeous. I, I think it's it's on my, my favorite musicals are, are more the comedy musicals, uh, but. Uh, it's, I mean, you can't go wrong with uh, the producers, for one. Oh, yeah, yeah. The producers is fantastic. Uh, so that uh, uh, Dirty, Rotten, <laughs> Dirty Rotten Scoundrels was a fun one. Uh, See, not yeah, all, I've never not, seen the musical version of that. Yeah, the, the, not all the ones I love are adaptations. Avenue Q, I've never actually seen it, but uh, the, the sound, the cast recording was, uh, is a classic in this. Yeah, like, uh, Rent, Rent, of course, but that's not a comedy at all. But no. Rent is another one that uh, that I want to throw out there if you have not. If you have not seen Rent, if you have not listened to the soundtrack for Rent, I couldn't more highly recommend Rent. Rent is fantastic. You, 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 you are part of the very large contingent of people who have been who who have uh, told me that Rent is who are Rent fans that I know. <laughs> <laughs> and and by the way that you said that, I take it you are not. I've I've never honestly given it a chance, so I can't pass judgment. I I. I it's something I'm trying to do more. It's just not pass judgment on something until I've actually bothered to check it out. Uh, Rich, we're going to have to catch up. Gonna have to catch uh, up so before, so much out there. So so many things to see. So many things I haven't seen. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah the, the, the sad, beautiful truth is we're going to miss almost everything. <laughs> I, I can't take credit for that line. I, 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 there's a that's an essay I read many years ago. <laughs> My. Uh... I, I just saw something today, which is great, and I'm going to use the heck out of it. I've, I'm actually uh, giving a talk at a special uh, Ignite uh, presentation at a conference here um, on death. And uh, saw uh, a, a nice, uh, uplifting topic. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I saw a Louis C.K. Uh, um, uh, joke that uh, goes like this: You know what happens after you die? A lot. But none of it includes you. <laughs> that might be a good good one to end on there because, and thematically appropriate too, because the musical yeah. ends on a de- on death too, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it does. Sorry to bring everyone down. Um, <laughs> but now this was fun. Thank you so much for 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 doing this. Um, my pleasure. My pleasure. This is great. I could, like I said, we I could have picked any one of like thirty or forty albums and talked at length about it. Oh, I will definitely try to have you back on, please, uh, at some please, because there are so many great albums that didn't make the cut that I would love to talk about. Hey, I've got I've got a few people on the list already. So I when 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 things start to run out, I'll, I'll probably come back to you because I know it's going to be a great episode. Terrific! Thank you so much. Thank you. Where can we where can we find you on the internet again? Um, just go to patrickrone.net. That has pointers to everything I do. If you go there, that's basically like a business card site that gets you to all the other places. Great. Thank you. And we are uh, this is Crush on Radio. You can find us. Uh, we're part of Constellation at FM, and you can also find the website at crushonradio.com. We're on the Twitter Crush on Radio. We got a Facebook page. We got all that good stuff. Well, Facebook pages and good stuff, but you gotta have you gotta have a presence there. <laughs> yep, unfortunately. <laughs> right. Thanks again, Patrick. Love you, All man. Right. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.